Welcome to State Road 49, an audio program that shares extraordinary stories from everyday people. I'm your host, Aaron Freimaker, and thank you for coming back. As always, make sure you're subscribed to the show, and we appreciate it when you tell a friend. We feel there's something in here for everybody, so please share. If you're listening to this the day it's released, it is the Tuesday after Super Bowl Sunday, Super Bowl 53. The New England Patriots versus the LA Rams. Just so you know, we're recording this bumper Friday before the Super Bowl, and I would like to congratulate the New England Patriots for their championship win. Their quarterback, Tom Brady, really did a great job. I can't believe that amazing interception that happened in the fourth quarter. In all seriousness, the reason why we're bringing up the Super Bowl is because of today's guest, Devin Wyman, who used to be a New England Patriot. Devin was a defensive lineman with the Patriots from 1996 to 98. He's retired from football, and today he's a motivational speaker. In a little bit, you'll hear Devin mention Cheeseheads, which is a reference to the Green Bay Packers. At State Road 49, we are Chicago Bears fans, famous rivals of the Packers, and infinitely better. Here we go. I'm a young man who grew up in Northern California in the number one murder capital um, with a mom raising four boys by herself. First time meeting my father, I was burying him. In my community, you grew up in the household, you watching Dukes of Hazard, Cosby Show, Monday Night Football, you walk outside, you have people selling drugs, smoking drugs, gunshots going off at the corner. For myself, I was given a second chance at life, um, making it through that and going to the NFL, um, getting drafted by the Patriots and going to the Super Bowl my rookie year. No one in my family had ever been to college. No one in my city had ever made it out doing anything great with their life. So we holding this big press conference at my mom's house. I was the top recruit in Northern California, basketball and football being highly recruited by every school in the country. And we holding this press conference, CNN, ABC, CBS. Right behind CBS was the police taking me to jail. Because I made a wrong choice listening to a wrong voice. You hang out with the wrong crowd, you eventually start doing what they do. I started selling drugs, which I had to find out a high cost for a low living. And it cost me everything. I lost literally everything. I was embarrassed, brokenhearted on national television around the world. And I went straight to jail, no warnings, no slap on the wrist, and sat in a jail cell and cried every day. You know, and 
um, for some of those who out there don't really understand, you know, nothing is really cool listening to a young 18-year-old in the middle of the night screaming, please tell him to stop. And when you are sitting in a situation like that, um, you get an opportunity to reflect on the choices and decisions that you've made and the costs that it's cost. And one thing you really realize is not about you. And for me, that's what hit me very deeply sitting there that I realized the people I hurt, my mom, my, my coaches and educators and teachers, everyone that was taking the time to pour into me to do something great with my life. But here I am, I do this theme and I share that I talk about passion, patience, and purpose. And as a young man, you know, when you you passionate about playing a game, literally a game, impatience is what got me sent to jail trying to sell drugs. And I say, I lost a quarter million dollar scholarship. Now, if you would have sat 200 and $40,000, $50,000 in front of me and said, don't go over there and do that. Maybe I wouldn't have made that decision. But when it's just in paper and you're not educated to really respect it and understand it, I lost that behind one piece of rock cocaine. I knew it was wrong. I was out there trying to be all I can be. I mean, I'm, I got a single mom, my two older brothers, uh, thank God for them. They went to the military, to the Marines and served, and my older brother above them, he didn't really move on and do much, but you watching your mom struggle, and you think, I can help her by the guys I'm hanging around, and, and so I knew the consequences. I would never sit up and tell nobody I didn't know. I was very aware, because I saw it all the time, you know? Um, my mother, please believe me, she wasn't the woman to mess over and get no police coming to her household, okay? She raised four boys in a rough neighborhood. So for myself, I knew the consequences and the fortunate thing, I got caught with one piece of rock cocaine. It broke me, you know, and the grace of God, I sat in that jail cell crying and the only thing I could think about is what my mother used to say to me and my brothers. It don't matter where you are, you can always hit your knees and ask the Lord for forgiveness. For me, sitting in that jail cell, that's what I started doing. I wiped my tears away and I started screaming out to the Lord to change my life, change my attitude, change the way I treat people. And it wasn't so much I was a bad kid, I just made a wrong choice. I remember people walking past me saying, hey man, God is not real um, and, and all these things, but I saw what he did for my mother. And so I held on to that and that's where I wrote my quote down, sitting in a jail cell, if I'm trying, I'm flying, but if I don't, I won't. And that simply meant the three E's that helped change my life. Effort, education, and excellence. Those three E's I was not applying in my first half. I was blessed to get a second chance and found myself in junior college, started getting to class on time, raising my hand, participating, receiving a great education. You know why? Because if I'm trying, I'm flying. But if I don't, I won't. 
So when I get this second chance, right, and I'm in junior college, and so all these Division I schools start contacting me again. And, and But now I become a Prop 48 student, which means I can go to a Division I, but I would have to sit out a year. I lost my father when I was in junior college. And so I had been talking to him on the phone. He lived in New York. I was going to go visit him. And so going into my sophomore year, I told him, I said, I'll come visit you after we win the championship. And he was like, well, how you know you're going to do that? I said, is this what I do? I win. And he died two weeks before. And so I always said, if I ever have kids, I'm not going to leave their side. And I end up having my first child, my daughter. And so here's this beautiful little princess in my arms. And I'm like, I'm sticking to this. So all these schools are calling. I'm like, look, if y'all gonna give me an apartment for me, my daughter and her mom, then I'll come. And all the schools was like, click, just hanging up the phone. So I'm in deep into July. Most people are going to college. My mom, I'm living about an exit away from her. She calls me one day, because Kentucky State, they kept calling consistently. And they called, she called me one day. She said, what you doing? I wasn't doing nothing, watching Jerry Springer in that morning, right? She says, Kentucky State sent you a ticket. I said, really? I said, when do I leave? She said, at 6 in the morning. If you need help to get your stuff together to go to college, come to the house, I'll help you. So I'm like, wow, I hang up the phone, I get to her home, we go to Kmart, we get pillows and sheets for college, and I go back to her house, go to my home, and um, I'm just dwelling, like, and I'm looking at my daughter, like, how can I leave this beautiful little girl? Well, finally that night, I just got in the cab, left my car, everything with my daughter's mom, and go to my mom's house, all my brothers was there, they didn't think I was gonna show up. And at this time, it's August 1st. So most schools don't even, you know, they like down with you. Well, I get to the house, we go to San Francisco airport, we walk to the gate, and it was like somebody cut on a water faucet. My mother just starts crying, man. Like, I'm standing at the gate and I'm like, mama, what's wrong? And she said, I have a confession to make. She said, I bought your ticket and it's a one way. And right there, my whole life flashed before my eyes. I get emotional now because I had a choice to become a man or become another statistic in my neighborhood. I tell people today, I got on that airplane with something called faith. I knew I was going to see a man named Coach Jones. Um, they told my mom I can come and get me a full ride if I showed up and I get there. All I remember is this, man. I get there the next day, I go out to the football field and the head coach, first thing he say, we ain't got no money for you. And I'm like, that's not what you told my mother. <laughs> and I'm mad, but I'm on a one-way trip ticket with no money in my pocket, right? And he said, um, he said, you see all those guys at the end of the end zone? He said, they made something called a commitment. He said, now you can earn one, but I ain't giving you nothing. And we had to run 16 110s. I left everybody. We put pads on. And then you, you could take it from there. After about 20 minutes of practice, he called me to the 50 yard line and said, Son, you earned you a full ride. You know, it's, it's a beautiful story because I share with parents how, you know, my mom, she sowed a seed. 
She had, she, she knew the vision, she knew the dream I had, and it took a $157 plane ticket Southwest and sent me to Kentucky. And that ticket, after one year of Kentucky State, got me drafted in the sixth round. When I look back, one of the highlight moments, like I said, when I got arrested and, and um, I asked the Lord to give me a second chance, it was things, you gotta understand, my mom was the type of mom, when we grew up, man, um, she would, we would go to Bible study and we would go for two weeks straight. I remember like clockwork and we go to third week, the church is boarded up. Then we go to another church for two weeks, the third week is boarded up. And my mom sat me and my brothers down and told us, she said, you can have church in your heart. She said, and when you pray, be sincere. She said, you don't have to question God, just trust him. And that's how I was taught. And she gave me a scripture at the age of 12 that I, I live with today is Psalms 23. And so the point I'm, I'm building that to is this was like, I remember my rookie year, nobody else knew but me and God and the things I talked to him about. And this was my highlight moment in life is that here we are, AFC Championship game. She was at home, my brothers is in town, and we win this game. And I'm standing on the sideline looking in the sky, and I take off running to my locker. I get my cell phone, I run back in the stadium, and this is going crazy. And I call my mom, and I'm looking in the sky, and I said, there is a God. Because I knew he answered something for me that nobody else knew. And that was a highlight moment of how real he was in my life. You know, I, I, again, I, I think this is something that's part of my life. If you ever spend time with me, it's, I think the highlights for me is seeing how happy other people are. I mean, I get to play the role, but um, when people around you are excited and it's changing them, you know, it's giving them, it's giving them hope, literally. And, and so um, that's just always been me. I'm always just, I'm the front runner, I'm the leader, but um, I get the joy of seeing people blessed. Because I remember one time my mom was like, well, you know, you accomplished your dream. I said, well, I haven't did that yet. And she was like, I thought you wanted to go to the NFL. I said, it was never a, a, a doubt to me to make it to the NFL. I said, but my dream was to be part of the first team to win three Super Bowls in a row. And so that haven't happened yet. It's gotta happen. Uh, my rookie year, 96. 96, yeah. okay. And we lost that one to them cheese heads, man. Yeah, no, that we one. don't like them. I but am. you know, it, <laughs> yeah. it, it was pretty funny though, because um, you know, you talking about God and, and you, you hear about Reggie White and how he was the minister of defense, right? And my mentor would be like, you need to know why they call him the minister of defense. Well, I tell you, in the Super Bowl, I learned why. And it was the fourth quarter and this man didn't wear no tape or anything on his hands. And I, all I remember, he was going, ooh, he here, he here, and I'm like, Who's this dude talking to, right? Puts his hand down, Max Lane, our right tackle. He hits him with the forearm and he flies. He sacks our quarterback. The very next play, he does the same thing. So we punt the ball, we get them three and out. They come back on defense. So they, in the huddle, they, they safety, 
Butler, he breaks the huddle and goes, ah, facing the end zone. And I'm just telling you, at that moment, I say, man, we lost. Because you could just see this glow over them, right? And Reggie White, he's still doing this. He's here, and he did the same move again. And I said, I said, man, who is this dude, right? And after the game, he's running around with the trophy, all his confetti is falling. And he walks up to me and put his hand on my chest. He said, young man, you gonna win. You a champion, you gonna win. And he just kept running. Do you think he was talking about now? Yes, 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 yes. It wasn't about football. That's what I got delivered from. Because see, in life, you, you can have your trip, your journey, and your destiny. I love to tell people, I say, you know, success is not final and failure is not fatal. So being called, you know, to what I'm doing, when that kicked in for me, um, I moved to Texas in 2005, and I started doing prison ministry with a ministry and started doing that. I was willing to just go and start doing schools and fell in love with it, but I was still playing football. Well, 2010, to fast forward, Coach Singletary was with the 49ers. And um, his brother Lance Singletary and them, they, so I get these phone calls, hey, we'd love for you to come out and come try out and, and play with us. And so at this time I'm doing ministry. I just got back from Africa. I was in Madrid, Bolivia, you know, around the world doing ministry. I'm falling in love with ministry, right? So I'm in a tug of war. Do I go back and play football or do I do ministry? And this is my conversion. Um, 2010, I'm sitting at a friend of mine home um, we having Bible study. And I came across, it was my turn to read, and I had been praying about it. And I, and I simply came to the point where he said, um, when Jesus passed to the other side, and he said, you didn't follow me because of signs, miracles, and wonders. He said, you followed me because you was filled off the lows. He said, do not work for the meat that perisheth, but for the meat that endureth everlasting life, right? And then in the scripture, it says that disciples responded, or we are to work the works of God, which he said the Father have sealed, and or we are to work the works of God. And when I read the next verse, and it said, this is the work of God, to believe on him whom he have sent. And for me, I broke down like a two-year-old. Because for the first time in my life, I heard the voice of God telling me, this is work, and I called you to this. I let you play football for 13 plus years, but I'm calling you to my work now. I mean, it was just a moment and I knew, and I'm like, I don't even have to fight going back to play no more. I know what I'm supposed to do. And I just, um, I'm a champion, man. That's when I, I knew I, it, it didn't really matter no more, you know? So I'm, I'm, this is the championship game I'm in right now.
my mom uh, went home to be with the Lord two years ago, but my brothers and them are still, you know, in the Bay Area. I love the Bay, man. It's, it's you know, you got the Warriors popping out there, the Giants. Uh, but, I mean, it, it's a beautiful place, but it was good for me to get away because, like I said, it was a lot of stuff going on at the time. But, I, you know, it was phenomenal um, in the time period of all that going on. I remember the beginning of this year, my cousins called me. And they said, man, they like, dude, you different. And I'm like, what are you talking about? They said, man, you prayed that it would not be another, one day it's going to be no homicides in East Palo Alto. And I'm proud to say that last year, East Palo Alto didn't have one homicide. For them to remember that from the 90s that I prayed that, you know, um, I get shook about that. Who's your hero? My mom. Yes, sir. I mean, it's it's not without a doubt with me. It's my mom, man. I think about impacting moments. Yeah, my mom was my hero. She said she passed two years ago. Yes, sir. You went to the Super Bowl. You finished your NFL career before she left. Yes. Did she know how much impact she had on your career? And did she know how much you appreciated her? Oh, man, most definitely. She wasn't going to let you walk around without knowing, you know? Nah, she, she, my mom, man, she, how can I give you a, a frame? Imagine in a community, she has four boys, but she took in other people's kids. I tell people when my mom cooked spaghetti and fried chicken, she was cooking, she cooked like she was cooking for an army, you know, because her whole motto was, you never know who's going to stop by and need to eat. And so she would cook, man, and and, uh, and believe it or not, as big as I am, I, I was full, you know. Um, but it was it would be like everybody would stop by and eat, and it would still be food left. No matter what you're going through, I always like to encourage people. Tell them. There's only one thing that separates winners and losers. Winners look at what they're going to. Losers look at what they're going through. And you were not born a winner or loser. You're born a chooser. You have the power of choice to choose to do something great with your life. Bottom line is so many people procrastinate. You don't have to be great to get started. You just have to get started to be great. Once again, that was Devin Wyman, who we'd like to thank for sharing his story. And we'd like to thank you for listening. To learn more about Devin's motivational speaking, you can visit thewinningedge.us. Don't forget to subscribe and tell people. We'll see you next month. I'm Aaron Freinberger, and this is State Road 49. State Road 49 is produced by Aaron Freinberger, Matt Willingham, and Garrett Schultz. It is executive produced by the Heartland Christian Center. Visit their website at hcc3d.com. That is hcc3d.com. This episode was recorded, edited, and mixed by Garrett Schultz. Music by Thomas Kilobas. 
For more information about the program, visit us at facebook.com slash stateroad49. This program was produced in Valparaiso, Indiana.